Hello, Andrew Weaver here, and welcome to this, the third edition of the Premonition podcast. And I do believe we have hit guest gold with the guests that we've attracted to these opening podcasts. We had uh, a very lucky to be joined by Ty Sagalet for the second edition of the Premonition podcast. And today we recorded the third edition with Dickie Whittaker, who brings with him uh, 30 years of experience in the reinsurance business, the last 20 years of those specialising in risk and innovation and linking academia, government and finance. Dickie has written and presented extensively on these subjects, operating globally, working in London and New York, currently based in London and the Chief Executive of uh, Oasis Loss Modelling Framework Limited. He also works with and advises many organisations, far too long a list to have uh, as part of this introduction, but certainly a man with uh, considerable experience, knowledge and insight and that comes across in this really interesting piece on the market, on data, and on the convergence of incumbents and insurtech and what might come of that. So without further ado, I give you Dickie Whittaker. Right, well, hello, Dickie Whittaker. Welcome to the Premonition podcast. Well, good morning and uh, glad to be here. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, Dickie and I are both based in London, but we are recording via Skype, which occasionally brings a little ripple of interference, but I hope we'll have a very smooth uh, podcast call here. And, and really, we're looking at um, the impact of big data, the impact of tech on the market. And, and tell me this, insurance has been tra- transacted in the same way for a very long time, and certainly from, from my perspective, Dickie, the insurance industry and innovation have not always been natural bedfellows. I sense it's changing quite dramatically, but is, is that a fair assessment of the past? I think, I think in essence it is, yes. I mean, there are pockets of times in history um, when at least parts of the world, you know, have shown quite a bit of innovation. But as a general rule, at least going back for recent history, the answer to that is, you know, I don't think it's been a traditional business and one that's heavily regulated. And that regulation um, tends to have a, a drag quite a lot, I think, on innovation. But I think that's changing. And what we're seeing in the last few few years is a drive for innovation um, that's coming from some fundamental attack on the, the ultimate business models of insurance. Um, it's coming from a prevalence of what these days called insure tech, uh, which is sort of a our our version of fintech, if you like. And um, <clears throat> And what that's doing is, you know, it's making people think that we've got to think differently and, you know, big data and uh, machine learning and the sort of AI, the sort of things we're seeing in other sectors are are beginning to worry people in the insurance industry. And they think the answer is innovation and they're trying to work out how to do it. So, you know, I think it's exciting times for those reasons. Well, I mean, where we're obviously very interested from a premonition basis is is how big data can have an impact on that. And where, where do you see big data playing a role? Well, I think I think the first thing I would say is I, I think that we it's yet uncertain how it's going to completely play out. Um, but there are some there are some things we can say. So you've got things like telematics is 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 the obvious example, where being able to put a bit of a kit in the car and being able to monitor uh, on a regular basis the driving habits of at least initially young people, what that's doing is that's providing an enormous amount of data from which insurers uh, have to sit there and say, what are we going to do with this? How are we going to use it? What does it? Uh, what information does it give us on risk? And that's very much changing the sort of way people are looking at things. Um, 
I think, though, that's just the sort of tip of the iceberg. So we've obviously got, um, I know another organization, for example, that's looking at whole things on training and behavior and beginning to look at uh, how behavior is changing, what's going on. And so that's another sort of angle. Uh, and all of those things are coming together on a number of different new platforms. So I can think of two new big sort of data management platforms that are offering services around how can we begin to move all this data together and make some sense of it. There is a lag, though. I, I think the insurance industry is still working out how to consume this information, how to mix this information, how to bring it into the sort of key functions of sort of risk selection and, and sort of pricing. Um, but it's happening and it's sort of happening fast. And my guess is the pace uh, will accelerate quite quickly, I suspect. Well, I want to come back to that at the end of this as to your views, perhaps, on where the major changes will come. But one of the thoughts I've always had is that insurance has traditionally tended to be focused on how we lived rather than how we live. I mean, do you think that big data and, and risk assessment now can become more in the present? Uh, absolutely. It, it's, it's, it's not only does it need to happen, but it's beginning to happen, too. So you're, you're absolutely right. Um, <clears throat> historically, insurance risk analysis, which is well, and in fact, for that matter, uh, customer analysis has always been looking in the real view mirror. That's the only way that you can actually do enough work to sort of work out what to do. You know, you take historical activity, historical losses, historical customer statistics. And of course, now not only can we actually say, well, what do people want now today and what is their performance today and what is their risk profile today? But actually, you can start looking to the future as well. So there are considerable debates going on. You know, the obvious one perhaps is is climate change, where we're beginning to use um, <clears throat> some data that's emerging there to look in the future. But it's I think it's the it's the people and their trends and their activities. Um, that's that's where we're going to see the biggest change coming forward. And the, and the insurers, I mean, insurance or, or sorry, the insurers or the insure tech companies that are coming into the market. I sense will will become ever more niche. They'll need to become ever more niche, using data to drill down into, you know, the habits of particular niche areas within insurance. I think that's true. I mean, I think I'm not a big fan of, um, you know, huge companies coming in saying we're going to be all things to all men. Mm -hmm. I, I know I never really believe that, but it, but it had some logic when when sort of you had to sort of, you know, you had to have a sort of IBM type of perhaps type of footprint to sort of survive. And today I think the opposite is true. So you need to be light, you need to be focused, you need to be, you know, agile. <clears throat> those are the characteristics that make sense. And, and, and those are the ones that sort of allow innovation to thrive. We, we got a little bit of a, a, a sort of bottle jam because I think whilst that is true on the one hand, we still need better technology systems to be able to, to distribute this and I think that's probably one of the biggest areas of weakness where we're not seeing enough platforms allowing interoperability of, of data um, and tools <clears throat> into the insurance industry so I think that's that's our big, biggest gap right now. So tell me this Dickie, on, on a rather more kind of insular world that we live in here at Premonition with legal data and obviously we're beginning to penetrate the, the insurance market, uh, is, some, is someone okay in the background there? Um, why, now that legal data is available in the way that it is with someone like Premonition, how do you think this can help the, the industry? Well, I, I, I've, you know, when I first saw that data set, I thought, uh, one, I was just um, sort of amazed that somebody be able to gather all that data together 
pretty quickly after that, I started thinking about the opportunities that it could uh, it could help create. And I think I think probably I would say there's two things. Um, the first one is um, one of the biggest challenges that we face in the insurance industry is it's sort of trend identification. So it's where's the next big thing going to happen? And, you know, one of the one of the obvious abilities that you can do with, with your data is be able to say, well, actually, there looks like there's increasing litigation <clears throat> in this area. Uh, this type of business, or alternatively, perhaps we're seeing awards change <clears throat> dramatically in this state, or in this part of the UK, or in this profession. That type of trend analysis is 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 really the bread and butter of the insurance industry. That's how you know. That's essentially how you understand how you select risks, how you price risks, how you develop the right amount and solvency capital. So that that to me is that's the golden egg that uh, that I am sure people are going to take hold of um, so that's that's essentially i think the the, the best use and that the, 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 the feels like there should be a before and after in terms of the market but you know the way that people dealt with risk assessment before something like premonition came along and after it should be dramatically different the way that they assess risk the right lawyers in front of the right judges etc could dramatically change the way they assess the risk yeah, I th I th th there is that too, and I, and I think that um, you know because actually some of this data obviously historically has been available, yes. but of course, but but in many cases it's been available to the largest companies who've got the longest track record of the business. So actually, it's sort of perpetuating <clears throat> some of the big beasts in the marketplace. And and, and what, what it really means is light, new, sort of agile companies can come along and go, I don't have to have 20 years track record of, of underwriting in UK or Australia or, or the US. I can I can get that information from this database. And as you say, there's an additional element, which I think, frankly, is in the infancy of, of utilization by the insurance industry, at least, of saying, we are more likely to be able to direct. It's almost like a sort of loss adjuster function. Mm -hmm. If a house sort of burns down or has got a problem, one can start saying, well, actually, don't you think if you're going to get this judge or, or this expert witness that, that we, we're increasingly able to say what the prognosis will be of the size of the award or success of the award and therefore take action before that happens to reduce costs um, or, or, or to make a better decision as a result. And that's that's never been able to be done before. Yeah, well, that's kind of you to comment. And, and I know you're struggling there with a cough and, and a, bit of a, a bit of a cold, Dickie, so I'm going to close this podcast fairly shortly. Just give me a view on a couple of final questions. I mean, is open data a key element in success and fairness in, in the market? I think, I think open data, to me, is extremely important for a couple of reasons. I mean, <clears throat> the sort of foundation for... Uh, a company that I started is all about openness of data um, because I think that, that, that it does a couple of things. I mean, one, you can take a very moral and ethical view here and just sort of say that actually society needs to have access to the information. That's what creates greater efficiency for society and that's what allows for people to um, build products get transparency and, and get fairness and equity. So all, for all those reasons, it, it makes sense. But I think it's this angle on innovation that's, that's, that's really interesting. I'm fascinated by the ability of people all around the world to take data and 
say, I've got a new use for it. I've got a new application. I've got a more efficient way of doing this. Mm. I think we just need that. It's both exciting, but, you know, it's important. And, you know, productivity is increasingly being looked at around the world. This is the way we're going to sort of deal with it. And we just need to have openness around the world, all types of data. Final question for you, Dickie. There's much talk about the convergence of incumbents and insure tech and where that might or might not lead. Have you got got a view of of when the major changes will happen in the next five, ten years? Well, it's a sort of tricky question, obviously. Um, I I think if you look at typical cases around the world where you get some sort of innovation driver against a well-established industry, um, you tend to get a couple, you tend to get a sort of common pattern. And I think the common pattern is um, the slow moving companies just can't move, can't move quick enough. And therefore some of them fall by the wayside. Others can move quick enough and actually do what's needed to be done. And you get new players that were never there before that come onto the scene that end up by driving the sort of business models in that, in that space. So I think we'll inevitably see some of all of the above in a mix that will be slightly unique because it's market is unique but we'll see significant disruption significant new players and we'll evolve and we'll all be better off well dickie on that fine note thank you again for joining us particularly with that uh, december cold that you got there well apologies for, the, for <laughs> some quality there but hopefully content was uh, was interesting and good enough for your listeners indeed really interesting thanks for joining us my pleasure thank Cheers. you